Hey everyone, welcome back to La Cancha. It's been three match days since we last recorded. A lot has happened. Real Madrid have won Copa del Rey. Uh, Barcelona is so close to the title. Elche have gotten relegated. And Wayne Rooney thinks that Manchester City will beat Real Madrid by five goals. <sighs> the first. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah, yeah, but, I'm, yeah. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but don't they know that anytime they have they not learned? No, no, no. But 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 we're gonna start. We're gonna start with good news. Where it's congratulations are in order. That's why we brought taps in. Real Madrid have won the Copa del Rey against Osasuna. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. Calm down, Cristiano. Um, <laughs> it, it was. It, it seemed like a very intense game into taps because although Real Madrid got the lead early on. Osasuna were there competitive in the cup final, weren't they? Yeah, it was a very good game from both sides. And I actually anticipated for Osasuna to give us a lot of trouble. And from, I think they only, I would say they only messed up in the first opening 10 to 15 minutes. They looked a little bit shaken. Uh, Moncayolo was making a lot of defensive mistakes. But from then on, from like the 15-minute mark onwards, they composed themselves and they had chance after chance. They were in the game the entire yeah. time. So I wasn't even surprised when uh, Toro got the goal. The only disappointment I had from Osasuna is I thought they were maybe going to swap Moncayola and Peña yeah. positions because Moncayola was just having a long day against <laughs> Vinicius. But I guess uh, Arasati had just figured to just leave it until the end because I think he eventually made the switch later on in the game, but it was a bit too late. Yeah, it was really a bit too late. But let's talk about the heroes from Real Madrid. And the one hero is Rodrigo because he got the brace. And he's had such a really good season so far for Real Madrid. Like, if last season was Vinicius' season, this is his breakout season. We've seen what he did in, against Atletico earlier in the season. He's come clutching the big games, whether it's El Clasico and even right now in the cup final where he scores a brace, which is very impressive for him. Yeah, and like you mentioned, he comes clutch in the big games. He's basically a player for the big moments. Like, funnily enough, he has a better Champions League goal record than he actually has <laughs> in La Liga <laughs> since his time coming to Real Madrid. But yeah, I think the addition of Rodrigo on that right wing is something that we've been crying for all season, basically, yeah. because it allows us to be able to attack from both the left and the right. Because the problem with when we have uh, Fede Valverde on that side is we mainly just attack from the left side and it becomes easy for teams to mark Vinicius out of the game. Because I think even on a prior podcast when I mentioned it, uh, sometimes it's not that Vinicius will be having a bad game, but he's just getting overloaded. So it becomes easier to mark him. So when you add Rodrigo into the dynamic, it makes us just be lethal from both sides. Yeah, and does this end the debate about the right side for Real Madrid? Like, I think your answer might be yes, because as throughout the past two or three seasons, there have been issues on that side, and we've seen Vinicius explode. So now, is the debate over? Can we say Rodrigo has earned that spot and that's his spot? Yeah, I think yes and no. So for me, I don't think there ever was a debate in terms of my mind, because I think Vinicius locks down the left, and then on the right side, I think 
the good thing we have is that we have a lot of different options on the right side. So whether you want to play Asensio there, whether you want to play Rodrigo there, whether you want to play uh, Fede Valverde there, it's, it's three different options essentially that will give you three different um, things to be able to do tactically in a game. But I do think, yes, in terms of when we're playing a 4-3-3, the right side should be Rodrigo's. And then in other games, maybe if we need the extra midfielder, that's when you see Valverde there. And in other games, if we need Asensio to sort of come inside slightly like a false nine, not necessarily a right winger, then you can bring in Asensio on that side. Yeah. And we have to give credit to like Rodrigo because of how he's doing well. And he's gotten good competition from Asensio recently because he's been also chipping in the goals. And I, I think it's fair to say that he's played a big role in Real Madrid winning this cup, not just in the final, but even in the, I believe in the quarterfinals, he scored that Maradona Esco against Atletico as well. I could be wrong, but I think so. And he did, yeah. He, yeah, did. he did. And also against Barcelona, he was very useful in the lethal counterattacks that Real Madrid had. And for Real Madrid, I feel they've been, although people might say it's the Copa del Rey, blah blah blah, but they've had they've played pretty serious opponents. They played Villarreal in the last 16. They played Atleti in the quarterfinals. In the semifinals, they had Barca. And in the final, you can say, oh, it's just Osuna, but Osuna, they've been having a very fantastic season so far. So it's it's been it's been a very good run for them, I'd say. Yeah, it's been one of our toughest runs in the competition, finally enough. And I think that actually tends to help us because like I've mentioned on this podcast before, I fear for Real Madrid when they feel like they're far superior to an opponent. Whereas I have more confidence in us when we come into a game knowing that we have to perform to get a result. Because I feel like we play better in those big moments and then we sort of play down to our opposition, not to disrespect any opponent, that is. Yeah. And Oscar, do you have any words for Asuna? Is this a... Like, how how do you sum up what they've done this season? Because although they haven't won the cup, they've done very well to get to the final. They're still in very competitive race to get into the top seven. Um, yeah. Well, maybe the real Copa de Rey trophy was different in the middle <laughs> of the week. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's been a really, really good season. Like A lot of rather ignorant people would have completely given them no chance and they made those people look silly by actually giving Madrid a very, very tough job of the time. Yeah. You know, those the people of Pamplona can't be proud of the team. I just it's just like you know that how the cup kind of took away from their league form at a point. So I still yeah. hope they get into Europe somehow. Uh, they're not they're not that far off, so I can still see them happening. But before I move on from the cup, I just want to go back to Taps and talk about Danny Carvajal. He he had a brilliant performance. He made a lot of clearances off the line. I think there was that shit by Abbey early on where he made an amazing clearance. How come in the is one of those players that in the regular games he doesn't seem to be up for it, he, but in the biggest he sleepswalk games. through the season and yeah. then when it's crunch time, <laughs> big game Carvajal shows up. But yeah, um aside of that, just shout out to Abdi as well. He had a fantastic yeah. game in that final probably should have got a goal or two but but yeah it's a weird one with Carvajal and I think we've probably discussed this before where that's what kind of puts Madrid in a weird position is that we need a new right back because Carvajal is not consistent for an entire season but at the same time you can never count him out 
in, in the big game. So it's, it's a bit of a confusing one. But I don't think the form will necessarily last. I, I feel like we go back into next season. He'll slump again <laughs> throughout the group stages. And then second half of the season when the knockout competitions start, Carvajal comes alive again. Yeah, it's one of those players at Real Madrid where it's like, and there are players like this in every club where everyone seems to hate, but in the big moments, they always show up. I think Carrasco is similar for Atletico where half the season, I don't know what he's yeah, doing. That's like a good example. Carrasco's a passenger for like half the season. Yeah. Yeah, but he might be Barca's problem. So, Oscar, get ready. Uh, but let's let's focus on the Champions League. Wayne Rooney said Manchester City won't only beat Real Madrid; they would absolutely destroy them. Is Carlo Ancelotti? Can I, can, can, I, can I rant? Please? Yeah, yeah, rant, rant. Why are these people like the fact that I have to def- defend in quotes the team I hate <laughs> most? Every it pains me. How? <laughs> Now I low-key want Real Madrid to win so these people can shut up. But at the same time, the thought of literally I had a dream Benz had the sixth UCL I woke up sweating <laughs> like it can't happen. Yeah, that, 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 that'd be the record now. <laughs> I can't I can't trust the Italian teams. With all due respect to Italian teams, the Italian teams. So uh, but it, it's been competitive. But if you're coming that, that aside, that aside. That's right. Yeah, but if you're Kyle Ancelotti, this is the coat that you're going to put in the dressing room. Of course, you are. You're going to hang a picture of Rooney in the dressing room and have them throw darts at. Like, we... Okay, the, Rooney's own team, his own team he used to play for, just got beat by a team in a relegation battle in Spain. <laughs> I, yes, I know that Real Madrid... Well, yes, they did destroy Chelsea and Liverpool. It's Chelsea and Liverpool. They are not teams to be taken with any level of seriousness. And the gap between those two and Man City is huge. That said, even if Real Madrid are going to lose, they aren't going to get destroyed like there's some... Like any Premier League team that's... Even Arsenal get destroyed by City. Like, come on. Because of this, Real Madrid are going to maybe lose the first leg, but then do another remontada in the second leg because some yeah. idiot Brits cannot keep their mouth shut. Yeah, but the problem for Real Madrid is the first leg this time is at the Bernabeu. So the second leg... The first leg of their Copa tie was at the Bernabeu. They didn't stop them. No, that, that is true. That is true. But that's but, come now, tax, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Also Alonso tax, but still, we, we have to... <laughs> Yeah, I have to be real with ourselves. It doesn't matter where you're playing them. You're like Haaland is under double pressure to put these guys under. Because for every chance he misses, they're going to score. <laughs> that's the really sad part. So that's why, even without his Renis statements, I think Real Madrid, besides missing Militar for the first leg, missing Militar for the first leg is actually the only disadvantage they have. The, the thing, though, is whenever Militao has been missing, Nacho seems to... He's another one of those players who... I don't really rate him, but when he puts out performances like he does in the bigger games, like, you wonder... He never has a bad game, though. He, he's yeah. always, like, a, a 5 out of 10 and above. Yeah, yeah. but even with that, type, like, this this is a team that got through the quarterfinals against Chelsea with no centre-backs during extra time. Yeah, yeah, so, but but this isn't. It's, it's a bit different. Like I, I think the 
the way this game will play out will be a bit different from the last last year's game where it's Man City dominated for 90% of the game because I do see a better Real Madrid than last season, a better Real Madrid in midfield than last season. And I know this might be funny because they, defensively they've been worse in La Liga and worse in quotation marks, but I do see them better in defense. So I'm not I'm not so sure it might be all a one-way swing for Man City. I think how we set up is also going to be a big uh, deciding factor because I think it's going to be Rudiger to get the knock for ahead of Nacho. Mm. So it might be... Holland versus Rudiger <laughs> for that first <laughs> first leg of the Bernabeu. And then in midfield, I wanted to be Chouamemi as the CDM, but I think Carlo is going to play Cruz as the CDM. And that's not going to bode well for us. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's worked again. Okay, to be fair, he was playing against Cruz. No, la- last year so. in the first leg, if you remember the first leg last year when they oh, ran yeah, through Casimir our midfield, yeah, Kroos was the CDM. And then in the second leg, Casemiro came back. And that's yeah. where we were able to hold him down. So I, and it's not that Kroos is necessarily a bad CDM, but he, he doesn't work against a high-pressing team that's just mm-hmm. going to run him ragged because he's yeah. press-resistant as hell, but he's not going to track runners into the box. And all those late runs, especially from Rodri, Kroos is just going to be watching. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you'd rather have Chormeni, Kroos, and... Um, Modric, that's how I would yeah. say. Mm. And what about Tremini? Let's talk about him a bit because he came in with a bit of hype. And I think he's, this might be harsh, but I think he struggled to live up to the hype as the season has gone on. He was fantastic in the derby, the first derby of the season with his pass. But since then, I don't think we've seen the best of him. Yeah, I think he's been he struggled a little bit to adapt post World Cup. I would say there's basically Chouamini prior to the World Cup, and then after the World Cup, he's sort of come back a bit different. But I think also simultaneously, Carlo hasn't wanted to like rush him back. So initially, we saw him coming off the bench, um, not necessarily coming in to start. But I think the deeper as we get into the season, I think Carlo's going to start trusting him a little bit more. But I, I hope so, maybe. Yeah. And how does Romager do with the problem of Holland from both of you? Because he is breaking records in England for fun. He is going to be the top scorer of the Champions League. So we're talking about a guy whose goal per game ratio is off the charts. <laughs> how are they going to do it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with us. Carto is a demon, man. Yeah, Courtois is going to have to play a big role. And I think Militao in the second leg. Like I said, I worry about the Rudiger matchup in the first leg. But yeah. I think in the second leg with Militao there, it will be a bit better. Because Rudiger has had actually had a good season. But the way he's always so aggressive with his challenges, yeah. it kind of leaves a lot of space for the defense to cover up. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And so what are predictions before this big game? Yeah. Yeah, you see this new city formation where they play four center backs, but one of them is a defensive midfielder. The way Vinny and Rodrigo are going to expose this team is going to be almost beautiful to watch. <laughs> like it's going to be awful for me, but it will be beautiful in a way. But um, yeah, I think 
I think Real Madrid will tank the first leg and then bring in the second leg. Okay. Oscar, um, taps? Yeah, my feeling is the same with Oscar. I think we draw maybe 2 2 in the first leg, and then Madrid, we maybe narrowly win in the second leg. Okay. It all it all depends what happens in the first. I think if we lose the first leg, then we may not uh, be able to come back in the second leg. Yeah, and it's obvious Real Madrid right now for them they're on vacation in La Liga. It doesn't. It, it, I guess it matters professionally in terms of professional pride whether they finish second or third. But it doesn't really matter to Real Madrid that much in the grand scheme of things if they win the cup double. Uh, so, <laughs> but. What do you think of their like lackadaisical performances and quotation marks in La Liga so far, Taps? Because they've lost four two to Girona, which was quite a crazy game, and two zero to Real Sociedad. Yeah, the losses have been kind of painful. They've been deserved as well to credit the opponents, especially La Real played really well. Kubo <laughs> had a lights out game against us, but I think. This issue has always been something that we deal with year in, year out. If you remember when we did the podcast during before the Classico, yeah. when I mentioned that if we lost that Classico, we were going to give up on the league. <laughs> and that's essentially what happened. Once once the gap got to more than seven points, yeah. it's like we mentally switch off and we basically say, okay, the league is done. Yeah. Time to put all the eggs <laughs> in the cup basket, which again is not a professional approach to be able to take the leagues but it's just something that's gone on with us for year, years and years so I'm not quite sure where it stems from to be honest <laughs> the amount of people though, that seem to glorify this I mean obviously if you're if you don't have a chance in the league you shouldn't yeah. I'm not saying don't take it seriously but it's not obviously not your priority but the amount of people that glorify it and make it seem like a cool team just confuses me yeah you should definitely always fight till the end and that's yeah and that's what's the confusing thing because i always feel like if you can't make yourself get up for the the games week in week out it's kind of hard to then motivate yourself in the cup competitions as well and and there is like an, an aspect of sports where there's like professional pride and rivalry pride and i i feel like in the past like Atletico finishing above Real Madrid will be very insulting to Real Madrid fans and they might want to fight against that. Or, And so I guess that aspect of rivalry also plays a, a role, but I think in today's modern day fandom where it's Champions League or nothing, it's like most international fans might not really care if, if Atletico finishes above Real. But let's talk about Barcelona who are top of table. Finals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh just three more points needed to win La Liga and they can win it at Conea Prat or RCD Stadium and help Espanyol along the way, along their journey to La Liga Smart Bank as well. I would love it. I think <laughs> I would deserve it. <laughs> I feel sorry for Espanyol fans because the last three times they've been in La Liga, they've been relegated by Barca the last time they were in La Liga. The season last season they got destroyed by Real Madrid as they went on to win the league, and this year they might see their opponents win the league. In they're, just, they're, they're just punching bags at this point. <laughs> well, you're the team. Yeah, I feel like 
because it's a derby, they'll probably be up for it and will probably draw or something. But eight points might still be enough for us to. Yeah. And, and you, you know my stance on Barca derbies. I actually prefer it when we equalize late against them. <laughs> just toy with, give them the, like, just basically make them feel, oh, we're actually going to win and then nah, you're not. That's if we win the league that way, I'll, I'll love it. Yeah, it's it's like that derby, I guess the Merseyside derby and the Turin, Turin derby are like the most one-sided derbies in European football. Because <laughs> it's been like 14 years since Espanyol beat Barcelona. In the league, yeah. In the league, yeah. yeah. That's that, that's crazy. But for, for Barca, though, it's we're at the stage of the season where European football is being decided. Does it hurt a bit? to not have Barca in that conversation? I mean, it, it, I've made my peace with it. It's happened like since October last year. So at this point, I've kind of made my peace with it. I'm like, it's something I seriously hope improves next year. But yeah. right now I'm happy with getting something because last year we got nothing. This year, well, winning the two trophies. The one that really hurts me is the Copa del Rey. That's why... <laughs> I did not watch that final. Out of pure spite and anger, <laughs> I was like, that should have been us. No, yeah. but, you know, it is It is that even teams that win the league seriously, like, at a point, is going to stop, and we haven't won the league in, like, four years, so we have to enjoy it. And I'm glad, like, seeing the players' reactions to getting that winning goal against us as soon as how, you know, how much it means to them, so that... That really pleases me, so I'm like, yeah. I don't really feel too bad about European competition. Yeah, Copa del Rey a bit <laughs> so because of how we lost, but yeah, and, yeah. and the Copa del Rey is Barca's like competition. Actually, the fun thing about Copa del Rey, just to go slightly back to it, it's crazy that the last five years there've been five distinct winners. I think because yeah, Valencia the format yeah. change, no? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's really that's really um good for the tournament, and it's. Mm-hmm bodes well for the tournament going forward. Uh, for Barcelona, though, how do you think this season will be viewed? Because if they continue, if they win all their games, they're going to have 97 points, which is a hell of a points tally. But the conversation around Barcelona seems to be more pessimistic because of their recent form. I feel the biggest pessimism about Barca this season is actually from all the off-the-field stuff like the whole yeah. Nigeria case and whatnot. Now it's about will Messi come back? <laughs> you know, will we register? Like, all of these distractions. When you when I really think of these distractions have not been ideal. I think that for the most part, the team has dealt with them well. Yeah, You know, there are times when we could have you know, just sunk into the negativity, especially when a bad result pops up, but this season, we've shown a mental fortitude that we haven't really seen from a Barcelona team in a long time. So, I think, all in all, this season should be viewed as a success for the most yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I really, I think, I think this season is a success, but the only thing that possibly makes, dampens the success of this is the hype. Before yeah, they, the, they, 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 the hype was the problem. The, the levers, the palancas, and it's like if you're doing all that, and <laughs> and Laporta saying Barca's back, and then you go out to the group stage in the way Barca did, mm-hmm. although it was a very difficult group, 
it does sour the season a bit. But I do think winning La Liga after so long for Barcelona, from Barcelona's point of view, given that before this gap, they used to win La Liga almost every season. Yeah, we took it for granted. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. Messi was like, don't take this team for granted. But, you know, yeah. some Barcelona fans are so obsessed with the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. But, but all fair credit to Barcelona. One team that would be slightly disappointed that they were so bad for the World Cup and is Atletico Madrid because they could have been in this race if they had their post-World Cup form, pre-World Cup, but obviously they didn't. And... Mm-hmm. They're finishing the season. I think they're finishing it very strongly. I feel it means more to Atleti to finish above Real Madrid than it does to Real. For Real, although Simeone, when asked about that, oh, yeah, was definitely. like, "Oh, like we've done this before, so it's not like four or ten years ago when it would have been like complete shock because they have finished above Real Madrid a surprising amount of times in the last eight years." Um, but on Atleti, I think the question is: Can they carry over this form to next season? That's the big question, isn't it? So, I feel it largely depends on what they do in the summer. Because I think midfield needs to be strengthened. They could probably... Like, like, what are yours in the midfield? Because um, I think that might that's a bit big. Okay. Defensive midfield. Defensive midfield. Yeah, both defensive and central midfield, to be honest. Yeah. And then maybe... <sighs> Maybe uh, it is even if you do strengthen and decide to leave some areas because maybe Hermoso is doing well. Yeah, it's Hermoso like he goes from having a god tier season to a garbage season. So honestly, with Atlantic, it also depends on the players. Like some of yeah. these players, the real deal now, or are they just yeah? yeah they like like he's, like he's, like the phrase that you love, Oscar, is purple patch players. And I feel exactly. Atleti, Atleti have a lot of purple pack players or a lot of um, confidence players. Mm-hmm. Like when the confidence is, when they're hot, they're very hot, like Morata. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Griezmann has been good throughout the season, so it would be unfair to label him that. But yeah. like a player like Carrasco, too, is like that sort of purple pack moment. And to win a league, you need six to seven players who are consistently good throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not sure that they have that. I do feel they need a nine. I, I like Morata. He's my guy. But I, I feel they need a proper nine who can score at 20 to 21 goals per season. But if they do get that proper nine, who do they move on? Because they already have the part two. I, 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 I would move on possibly Morata. I don't know. Like I, I like him, but... I do think if Atleti wants to go to the next level and not just they be could team, do better, they can do better. Because... The problem though is, do you trust them to actually get an upgrade on Morata? I I don't trust Atleti in the transfer market. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult market for nines actually because if if we're talking about the nines available, Osimhen is one of the big nines available, like potentially available, and that's two hundred million, hundred and fifty million. I think the big nines are possibly beyond their market, but they could go for a nine that's maybe a class B nine. Yeah, Unal could do it, but if you look at the stats, right, you can make an argument that Murata is as good as Unal in terms of the goals, his goal scoring outputs, raw goal scoring outputs, but, without penalties. But Unal plays for a team that doesn't, that literally does not attack. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is very true. 
That is very true. So, yeah, they, they've been linked to Marcus Thuram. The thing is with them, it's they have a lot of potential, but it's it's it, when it's looking good for them, it looks very good, and when it's looking bad for them, it looks very bad. They could. The with Thuram, I, I feel Thuram is like that kind of striker that's not really a nine, like he's like. Yeah, I was about to say, Turam is like a winger. He's not yeah. a winger. So he's basically another Korea or something. Yeah. yeah it's very very difficult market for the Nines, but like we'll see with them next season. A team that has a nine that we haven't seen so far is Rao Ciudad with uh, Sadiq, but Sorloff seems to be doing okay. As Taps mentioned, like they were very good against Real Madrid. They're, they are going to be the team, in, the fourth team in the Champions League. And I, I do think they really deserve it because they've been there for most of the season. Mm-hmm. They've had injury issues that's led to poor form, but they've been, out of them, Villarreal, Betis, they've been the most consistent, if we're being honest. Yeah. And maybe we look back on them as somewhat disappointing because they were so close to Real Madrid at around January, but they fell away and you can't really blame them because I feel they were overperforming for most of, for most of that time. Yeah, the funny part was it was when players started coming back <laughs> slowly that they actually lost form. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. a certain Mikel Oyasabal. He destroyed the compartment of the team when he came back. We <laughs> I mean, can't. We cannot pin Sorlot's streakiness on the effort. <laughs> Sorlot's problem is. It problem with Solos making the loan. But yeah, I feel like, you know, now that they are 99% going to be in the Champions League next season, they need to really make serious upgrades this summer. Yeah. Like, where do you upgrade them? Because for me, it's always been the wingbacks. I, I've always felt they're Yeah, they can, they can do a lot better, especially at left back. Like, Rico is not it. <laughs> and then midfield... If they sell someone like Zulimendi, they can, you know, get a quality replacement in maybe another winger or striker. But yeah. that depends on, like, some players, you know, actually fulfilling their potential. Like, do you decide to trust Barnaché and Cho to, you know, develop into the players you need so you don't waste yeah. money there? Or will they just be players that pop up for one game and then do nothing for a long stretch. So. Yeah, because... I feel the, like yeah. these marginal teams are what will make Real Sociedad a very successful team next season or more of the same or even worse. Yeah, yeah, because going to Champions League is a big, big ask because you're mm-hmm. playing against... You can play against Barcelona and Man City in one week and maybe Atletico the week after and that's something Sevilla found out this season when they had that horrible run. And you do need to have a very deep squad to be able to compete on both fronts. And it's different from the Europa League, where you can rest some players and you can still have a good result against FC Karabag or something. Um, but I think up, for, up top, they do have a lot of depth, but it's just keeping the players fit. And that's something that's been their issue, because next season, if they have this long injury list and they're playing teams like City or Bayern or Dortmund, and they have to compete in La Liga, they could be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will be as bad as Sevilla this season. So. No, it won't, be as, it won't be as bad, but I could see them drifting to like 8th or ninth if 
they're they're not able to get the squad that they need and they're competing against all these big teams so frequently. Because it's not something that I feel they're used to. No, definitely. Yeah. Or perhaps they have an opinion on that? Yeah, I sort of agree. But I think in terms of like their attack, I think their depth is fine yeah. there. But like you mentioned, the problem is can you rely on the players not getting injured, which is something that's a bit out of their control. Yeah, because with Sadiq, that's been the big question mark for them. If they had Sadiq, like, would they have done slightly better? Would they have maybe challenged like Real Madrid for second? Because Barcelona are so far away, so we're not going to mention that. But that's that's the thing with Rossi that that's I find confusing, or I, I think is their Achilles heel. Uh, let's move on to Villarreal, who are fifth, and um, I, I I saw them play against Valencia. They actually they're actually quite good in the first half. Uh, but they've they've done okay. Jackson has been really good so far in terms yeah. of finishing. Yeah, he's on a purple patch right now, but I feel it's a different kind of purple patch <laughs> because he, we're seeing a striker with a lot of potential finally, you know, sinking his teeth into the Liga. What I really like about his goals against Espanyol, Sultan, Valencia is the comp- the the composure he has. Like you see, like just. Twisting and throwing defenders, you know, volleys at the near post. It's just really fun to watch him right now. And if he keeps going on like this, then, you know, maybe that um, field transfer to Bournemouth will be a blessing in disguise one day. Yeah. Like, do you still sell him if you're Villarreal and to fund other transfers? I could sell him, but not for 25 million. Hmm. Worth more than that. Yeah. And you're definitely in the sell arena category. <laughs> Don't just sell him, force him to retire. <laughs> yeah, like no team deserves that level of incompetence. There's too many good goalkeepers available for them. Yeah, like yeah. sell, like force Reina to retire, make Jorgensen the team cook or something. Probably point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because thing is, La Liga is known for really good goalkeepers, and when you. <laughs> I mean, Brainer used to be good in his time, but it's not his time. He needs to uh, pick up the Zimmer frame and just leave. You know? yeah. yeah. And for Villarreal, do you see any hope of them catching Ross Sociedad? Seven points is the difference, but they also have their head turn, I believe. The issue is, when Real Sociedad have slipped up, although their points only of 61 is still very, very good. Yeah. But when they've slipped up, the other two Chasing them have been completely incompetent when it comes to <laughs> catching them. So, like they're not even if you said that lose four games within now their season, Villarreal will lose five. That's just how it is. Yeah, and Betis like they're so far away that I don't think they're in the conversation. But yeah. it does seem like they're going to sew up um, six six spot or at least be in the Europa League. Yeah, because you know they beat Athletic Club in the crunch match. If Athletic had won that game, I'd have fancied them to overtake Betis, but, you know, Athletic kind of wobbled recently, and even though Betis have obviously didn't beat Real Sociedad and didn't beat Barca, you know, at least they've secured, they've more or less secured six points. Yeah. With, with Betis, I feel, again, like with, <clears throat> with Real Sociedad, it's a question of what-ifs, because their disciplinary record has been so bad, I'm not sure. Possibly it's down to La Liga rest, but it's also been down to their players too, if we're being honest. Yeah. And if they had a better disciplinary record, because having 
13 or so players being sent up. I, lo- I lose count right now. <laughs> There's a lot. So if you have top players, thir- players sent up in 13 games, means that you're down to 10 men for those 13 games and you're not picking up those points. If they had a full component, do you feel they would have been much closer to Rasmus than in the table? I would say that's much closer because we also have to consider the fact that um, Robert, this, this goal scoring has taken a dive this season and that's down to Nwami being injured. Yeah, Fekir is injured as well. Fekir is injured. Um, Borja, while he stopped he's scoring... Sco- yeah. he stopped yeah. scoring yeah, it's that Atletico Madrid link. Up until um, Thursday, um, William Jose forgot how to score goals. So, yeah, all these things put together. It's been a pretty underwhelming season on the attacking front. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe um, there's this huge striker. There's this striker they have on loan in Segunda. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's the answer next year. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he could be. But a team that has no problem scoring is Girona, and they're seventh right now, surprisingly. They could be in the Europa League, or I'm sorry, the Europa Conference League. Yeah, thanks to Castellanos just <laughs> entering God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like almost like you're... Six, six goals in three games. I know, I know. It's like after that Barcelona miss, he got lots of stick, but he's been shutting up nonsense. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's shut us all off. Yeah, I mean, it is that when you he's 24, right, and coming from the MLS to a Liga, it yeah. obviously hasn't been easy, but he's really ending the season strongly, and who knows, maybe if he doesn't stay at Drona next season, this strong end to his season, and that performance <laughs> against Real Madrid will make clubs stupidly overvalue him and then just help Drona's cause if they do get to Europe. Yeah, the thing, thing though with Girona is they are linked with the City group. And <laughs> if they are in European football, to make the City look, look great, they might get some really, really like top-quality players that, that can yeah. make it into Man City's 11. Mm-hmm. Even with their relatively modest budget, they've been able to get good players like Chicago. So yeah, I feel that kind of smart scouting combined with the inevitable Abu Dhabi money yeah, these guys might be a problem in a few years. Yes, but I, and I also want to give credit to Michel, right? Because he's a guy who has a brand of attacking football that I really enjoy. And he's had two experiences in La Liga. The first one with Rayo, where they got relegated, and luckily, same with Cuesca. Um, and this is his third time going, going for this. And I remember reading an interview and it was like he really wants to show that his football can succeed in La Liga and I'm really happy for him because he has shown that and he talked about getting to 50 points and they're just three points away so I've been really blown away by how his team has played and um, it's really great to see a team like Girona come up from second division and, and show no fear against the big boys. Yeah and it's a very nice fact that they take points away from our rivals is what a Although it wasn't needed last time, but you know, it's it's still good to see that they have that edge to them. Yeah, they're they're think, the new the new Levante. Sorry, Taft. Yeah, I was about to say I think them and Ryo are just the entertainers for Yeah, the Ryo, Ryo they deal with you, Ryo deal with us. The best the best teams to watch in, in the league this season, in my opinion. Yeah. Ryo yeah. and Jerome. You're guaranteed goals, you're guaranteed chaos. You're just guaranteed something. Chaos, like exactly. I feel and one I, of the Best games of the season was Ryo Jr. recently. 
Yeah, and I think that's something that the league's been missing because a lot of the league's teams are like playing a lot of defensive. They've just been conservative, so it's good to see yeah. like the old school La Liga come back a little bit. Even with Atleti as well, second half of the season, Atleti's also been one of the most entertaining teams. Yeah, the Atleti have scored as many goals as Barca, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Shabby. When, when when we are only, I, I complained about our attack too much. Let's just let's not burden the listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not do. Let's let's move on to Athletic Club, who are struggling a bit recently. That that loss to Real Betis is a big sucker punch for Valverde and his boys. Yeah, um, they um, I, I believe they dropped points at Mallorca too before that. And yeah, like. We're all thinking, yeah, Betis are in trouble because they they just forgot how to play football, really. And Athletic Club, you know, that's Athletic Club for you. Sometimes they'll go yeah. on this hot streak and make you dream, and then, you know. yeah, yeah, the collapse for them since the World Cup has been crazy because they had twenty four points out of fourteen games before the World Cup. Then after the World Cup, and nineteen games after the World Cup, they've only gotten twenty three points. Which is relegation level <laughs> form. Yeah. But you know the weird thing. Yeah. Up until three match days ago, they were arguably the most informed team in the league. <laughs> yeah. So it's just weird how they managed to mix in a good run in between terrible runs of form. Like it's really impressive. Yeah, it really is. And they, they're under pressure from teams like Ryo who we just discussed because Ryo are one point off. Seventh, so next, like the Rio fans, they have this quote like next year, Rio Liverpool, and it might actually happen. <laughs> nah, Liverpool right now are probably going to get top four because my United, you know, they couldn't fool everyone forever, <laughs> but yeah, and Liverpool are getting Europa League. You know, Rio, it would be nice if they got to Europe, maybe in on a midweek that they have Barcelona, they'll actually <laughs> prioritize over the team. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's good to see Raul de Tomas finally scoring. Yeah. Finally. That was his first goal, right? Yeah, yeah his yeah. first goal. <laughs> I, I just, you, you guys know that meme, you know. I, I can't say the words because we'll get the noise guys, but, you know, that guy scores. Yeah. <laughs> you see someone slide, so a Richard looking goal scorer slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're seeing that. Oh, we already discussed us sooner a bit, but they're, they're also in the conversation for that seven spots. It's between mm-hmm. uh, five teams for it. Girona, Athletic, Rayo, Suna, and Sevilla are separated by three points. And I want to talk about Sevilla because they're, they're, in a, they're in a conversation, even though that if they had won that game against Girona, they would have been seventh, which is mm-hmm. incredible because they beat Athletic Club at San Mamez. They... They're, they're in the conversations getting to Europe, but also they have a big game against Juventus coming up. Juve, they've not been in the best of form, but they did win this weekend against Atalanta and the rest of some players. Sevilla, their form has wobbled a bit. They struggled to beat Espanyol. Yeah, but I can't, I'm always, I'll refer to them. I don't say that they've wobbled. Like, the only thing they've lost to is a very informed Girona. So. Yeah. And you could also make the argument that maybe with all the mass changes that um, Mandelibar is making, uh, his focus is clearly on the Europa League. 
Although I don't, I don't get the nepotism with um, Dimitrovich. So that <laughs> I give Bonner a game to warm up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taps, you you know a lot about Juventus. How do you see Sevilla going in this? Um, it's a bit of both. Like I worry for Sevilla in terms of Juventus are clearly a better team, but this is Sevilla in the Europa League, so they can never be taken for granted. And ever since Mendilibar came in, they've just been on even scoring, like the amount of goals they're able to just get out of nothing <laughs> is actually something that's also been really good for them. So I actually don't know how to call uh, call that one. Yeah. Where, where's the first leg? The first leg is in Turin. It's in Turin. Oh, so Sevilla, yeah. yeah Sevilla that's in Turin. If, if they yeah. can stay in the tie, then... Yeah. That's a big give too. I, I think the issue with for both of these teams is that both of these teams don't do as well away from home as they do at home because UV they're good they're a very good team at home, but away from home they struggle a lot against teams. And I'll say the same thing as Sevilla, away from home they're terrible, but at home they they know how to put up out of performance. So the key for that tie will be staying in the tie, maybe losing by one goal or tying Juve and we'll see in the second leg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we talk about Mallorca or not? Uh, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, Kangen. Kangen can, yeah, exactly. Kangen has been doing really yeah. well. <laughs> he's been doing the bits. And Amath, my boy, has been doing some bits as well. So Kangen has been linked to Atletico. Is, this, is that a good move for him and for Atleti? I think on paper, that's a really, really good match. But I don't know if Atleti go through with it. Yeah. Because even from Markinson point of view, to have like possibly one of the hottest Asian um, players on the market, like developing players on the market, because obviously Sun Sun is the the hottest one, but like the next generation is Kangin, so mm-hmm. that'll be a good marketing move, and they're going to Korea soon. So <laughs> the the thing is like Atleti is a place where there are a lot of purple patch players, so he. Could be that he gets lost in that bunch, and yeah. you only see him for like one mo- one month, and then you know, kind of like the way yeah. Lemar and the rest do. But sure, but but if they're gonna sell Carrasco, I do think he might be a player that could do really well. But the problem is, is that he plays predominantly, if I'm not wrong, as a left winger or yeah, left midfielder, and you have Raquel Mill who plays in that spot as well. Yeah. You have. Lino, who plays mm-hmm. in that spot mm-hmm. as well. So, where is the space for him unless you give him a Lamaro where he plays more as in the center of midfield? Honestly, a team with all, like, Atleti with all three of them in the side next year will be really interesting. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll pay to watch. Yeah, but like, there's no, there's no way Simeone can make them play terrorist football. Like, yeah. It's not possible. But, yeah, I feel like for replacing Carrasco, like, Raquel is more suited to that. I definitely think he's ready. Yeah. Um, maybe Kangen could go to the other flank, or like you said, the midfield. And Lino, I feel Lino probably needs another loan. Yeah, he possibly needs another loan. Um, let's move on to Salta Vigo. They they were flying initially, but they've struggled a bit. They're five points ahead of the relegation zone. Their next opponent is Valencia. At Belaidas, which should be fun for us. <laughs> um, if they lose to Valencia, which is wishful thinking right now, I'm from Valencia fan, <laughs> uh, they, they could be back in the relegation type race. You know what's weird? Last time we talked, uh, weren't they six points clear? 
<laughs> and they won the game, so yeah. how is it five points? Yeah, it's th- this relegation battle in La Liga is... I, I, still, I, I still consider Celtic safe because you know for sure they're beating us on match day 38. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since we have nothing to play for. That just gives us more room to score as many as you want. But I feel Celta, even if they get into trouble in the next match or two, they definitely have the tools to keep themselves up much better than anyone below them. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to rattle those below them. Almeria, chances of staying up. Uh, pretty high, if you Pretty ask. high, yeah. Yeah, like I, I feel out of the bottom six, they maybe have the... Actually, Hetafe, it's between them and Hetafe, have the best quality. Out of the bottom six yeah. that we have, or bottom seven. Not counting Elche, because they're already gone. Yeah, Almeria sent Elche to the Dolchers. Yeah. Yeah, I feel... Because Almeria scored a lot of goals and the way the league has been going this week recently, it's like goals are what we need games instead of like keeping things tight. I feel like they will be fine. They're fine. Cadet, they're, they're a team based on keeping things tight. Uh, they got that big win, that massive win against Valencia where Baraja decided to rest most of his players for for a derby against Villarreal that Valencia ended up not winning anyway. So that, that was curious for me, but... It was a good win for Cadiz. They are, they're decent. They're okay. They're one point side of the relegation zone, but um, yeah, like cockroaches, man. Like, yeah, Cadiz aren't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not going down. Like Sergio Guardiola has gone rest. <laughs> so even so, Bruno, they turn into they turn into blue lock level players when it's time for the relegation race. So I feel they'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, and looking at the fixtures, they have Mallorca away. Mallorca, they're pretty much safe. Even if they lose that game, they have Valladolid, Villarreal, who struggle against weaker teams. They have Salta at home, and they play Elche at the end of the season. So I can see them getting at least nine points, which possibly will be enough for them. Mm-hmm. Valladolid, on the other hand, they have a terrible schedule. They have Sevilla coming up, but that might be easy because they're playing... Sevilla might think of the Europa League. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they have Cadiz, they have Barcelona, Maria, they have Catafe. I think Valladolid are the ones that are going to get dragged into, yeah, into this. Uh, the thing with Real Madrid is that they've actually shown recently that they can put some results together. Like yeah. them beating Villarreal was a surprise, you know, not losing to Mallorca. I think yeah. they beat Girona too, so they have a couple of those results, and then just like like for them losing that game against Valencia was very damaging. Yeah, it was. If they lose to Cadiz, I think they're in trouble. But if they get, if they come out of that on scale, I think they'll probably sneak it. No, no. I'll be the biggest ultra for Barcelona win. <laughs> Barcelona go to Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, we, I don't think we'll, we'll mess that one up. Uh, you never know, man. You never know. And Barcelona, after winning the title, would they really care? I doubt it. But... I mean... To get Lewandowski the golden boot, <laughs> yeah, that that is true. That is true. Uh, Valencia is next. They're seventeenth. Uh, well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I think I think at the moment we're just hoping, hoping yeah. against hope. Yeah, like with Almeria and Cadiz, and to some extent with Valladolid, I can say why they can stay up with extreme confidence. With Valencia, 
it's just me hoping, like you said, because uh, yeah. <laughs> if Lino doesn't pull a magic, a, a rabbit, a rabbit out of the hat, then this yeah. team just looks like they hack ideas. But surprisingly, there have been a bunch of youth players that are yeah, like, like Gerard yeah. a really good goal, and I think Mario Gary, the one that scored the goal against Villarreal, that was offside. Oh, Lope, Lopez. Uh, oh, no, that's the Mari, Mari. Yeah, Mari, yeah. Mari, yeah. Yeah, Mari yeah, He's so. been good. Lopez has been really good, actually. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I, I, I was at Mestaya for the game against um, Villarreal, and the 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 fans seem not to like Musa, and there's this negative atmosphere against Musa, because Musa was one of our best players before the World Cup, but since mm-hmm. the World Cup, his form has dipped a lot. And mm-hmm. I think it's because Gattuso has left, and mm-hmm. ever since Gattuso left, a lot of the players they don't look like even Guillermo too. Yeah, even Guillermo. Yeah. It's like he was com- he was warming up, and everyone was booing him. It's crazy because he was one of the most important players that started the season. Mm-hmm. Well, and the team of Valencia going away to Celta, they actually have a couple of suspensions. I think Cavani suspended them. I don't think that's a bad thing. To be okay, Cavani being suspended is not a bad thing, but Gaia being suspended is yeah, yeah. That that's gonna hurt. That's really gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah. But let's move on. Teams actually in the relegation zone. Catafe, they got bored last. I that's that's a very hard thing to swallow because yeah, he's good. That, he's experienced. <laughs> And that's the that's the manager appointment you make if you're Valencia. And Catafe's president, Tangel Torres, went about it the right way. He went with his hand in his hat and he begged for the last and it's like, we need you back. We need yeah. you back, bro. <laughs> Please. Because the thing is that you mentioned how, like, even compared to Real Valladolid, the managers that Espanol and Valencia have are complete newbies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and... Watching Hatafi play against Celta, they were really, really attacked. Like I've not seen them attack this much all season. Like you had Munir, Alenia, and now even Jaime Mata, they were doing bits in attack. So yeah, I, I think the thing people forget about Bordelas is yes, he is a very negative defensive coach who employs the dark arts. But when he wants his team to attack, <laughs> they do attack very well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they also have a kind schedule, a remaining schedule. I think it's favorable for them, in my opinion. Yeah, it is favorable. Let's put up. They have Real Madrid, which <laughs> they might lose, but after that, they have Elche, Betis. Yeah, but we have nothing to play there. for. So. Yeah, that is true. So, yeah, I, I do, I do see a Tafis staying up. Espanol also sooner. Yeah, sooner. True. True. Espanol. Real Valladolid on the last day of the season. <laughs> That, that. I'll be there, I'll be there no matter what. Espanol, <laughs> <laughs> I mean Espanol. We're about to talk about them next, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Espanol, I, I think they're gone. I think. Yeah. Gone. Unless they beat us on Sunday, but yeah, it's like I don't really know. What's more likely is that they play out of their skin only for us to score in the night or something. <laughs> Yeah, because they have Barca, they have Rayo, Atletico, Valencia, which wow. might, might be easy. Espanol are gone. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gone. <laughs> but but if, if we're honest, they're gone. The, 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 the game against Sevilla might have changed the dynamic of it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But them losing the points so late, I think it's killed them. I think they're done, sadly. And it's sad because they have such good attackers with Embrace Weights and Poado. Yeah, even even Poado is scoring goals recently. And yeah. It's like, yeah, that shot was insane. Yeah, the, def- <laughs> the defense is just doing their utmost to ruin everything they are <laughs> Yeah, because if they had a decent defense and if they got the goalkeeping situation right in the, sum- in the summer, I think they'll be a mid-table team. To be honest, yeah, they have it. Like them and Hatafi, I said will be mid table. Yeah, <laughs> I look pretty. St- I said eight and ninth. I didn't. I said around eight and ninth. I didn't expect the extra. <laughs> no, but Hatafi fooled everyone because we, yeah, we left about the transfer window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Catfished everyone. Imagine, imagine me saying, "Wow, Jaime Sirani with fourteen goals in the Liga <laughs> Smart Bank is going to be a revelation." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess we can finally wrap things up with poor old Elche. Their relegation is confirmed. <laughs> and no one really didn't expect this to happen, I guess. The only surprise was that they betrayed you for <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a red card involved, but as a Barcelona, I was petty as hell. I'm like, what is this, right? You destroy, you, you, well, I, I mean, fair play, you absolutely schooled us on Tuesday night. Well, yeah. played, but then you go and do that to Elche. I, like, I, I, I think I think Raya they were obsessed with keeping their equilibrium balanced because at one point they had 10 10 10, so maybe they wanted 11 11 11. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't worry, the day Raya slip up and get relegated, I'm going to spell it as with this suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're, you're praying for if Raya doesn't renew his contract. <laughs> If Irala goes, I'm going to be on my knees every day praying that they get some bomb like um who's really Who the other no Pac they'll be fun, but they'll be <laughs> maybe Braha or something. <laughs> Sorry that yeah. well, actually Braha is okay. I'm thinking also maybe yeah, Almira. Almira <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, how how Elche's owners thought it was a good idea to bring him back after he failed so hard the first time uh, <laughs> is beyond me. Like, oh, that's man. almost as bad as Kiki Sanchez Flores staying on for as long as he did. Like, Bordelas might well be a case of too little, too late. Because, yeah, but, but to be, to be fair, with I, I think this is a problem that all teams around the La Liga relegation zone would have is that you can sack your manager right but you're like is he really doing that bad because it's so like tight down there like if you're a cadet you do want to sack Sergio because you're like oh it's just a point mm-hmm. or so about the relegation zone and I think I think that was it with Kike Sanchez Flores but and I think he would have stayed in his job but that interview that David Soria gave was very damning where he talked about the dressing room was fractured and everything was fractured. I think that was the damning thing because they, and they were also on the way down. Like the fans didn't like him at all. Yeah. But shall we move on to the other European fixtures and just discuss them? Yeah. 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 The other Champions League is the Milan Derby taps. You're the residential Italian expert. So <laughs> tell us what to expect. AC Milan, they're, they're a bit of terrorists, aren't they? Yeah, so this this game is going to be cagey. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be maybe one goal margin at best because both of these teams are 
basically built on their defenses. Although recently Inter have started scoring goals again. So yeah, yeah, they scored six against Verona. That's been good for them. But with yeah. Milan, Milan is highly dependent on two X-Factor players, which is Leao and Terry Hernandez. Whereas I feel like Inter as a team might perform better because they don't really necessarily rely on, for example, Lukaku or Lautaro. They don't need them to be good. I yeah. think for Inter to be good, they need Brozovic and Barella to be good. And that's yeah. where their performance will stem from. Yeah, and Bastoni has been really good too as well. Yeah, him as well. And with Barella, I feel he's having such a good performance in the Champions League. And he's masked the fact that, like you said, like Lautaro hasn't really been the same. Lukaku has come back and he yeah, doesn't have the same. Lautaro form. is very streaky. He's another yeah. one of these players that Oscar would hate. <laughs> he's <laughs> I hate that really during the World Cup, trust yeah. me. He's either really good or he's really bad. There's no like in between with Lautaro. Yeah, but to be fair to Lukaku, Lukaku has been scoring some goals. Recently. Yeah, recent, recently he has. Yeah, but to be fair, you know me these days, I'm kind of out of the loop with stuff, so maybe he's terrible again. No, no, he's no. he's found his confidence. No, he's found he's been yeah. key for them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like that shameful UV incident since the Rally Month. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of that, even what the shameful UV incident. Oh, Blaovic, the oh. same thing happened again, where yeah. the referee books the player who's getting abused. Like, I, <laughs> I'm never gonna understand. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but yeah, what, Taj, you what happened, man? <laughs> Explain, oh, please. Oh, okay, so. Is the Italian Super Copa is going on, right? Mm-hmm. Lukaku is about to take a penalty. He hears the monkey chance. He scores. Yeah. He tells the fans, shush. But I think that's his normal celebration. That's I, his I, normal celebration. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, he does He does the celebration. Inter fans, they run into the pitch. and they, I'm sorry, Inter players run into the pitch and hug him. It's, there's a melee that happens after that because UV fans, UV players, sorry, they get upset. Um, the referee books Lukaku. Quadrado. Is... Quadrado as well. Quadrado goes to... He was defending foolishly. the racism. Like, yeah. Just... Like, like foolishly. You, you shouldn't... If you're Juan Quadrado and you see a guy like Romelu Lukaku with like twice your body mass, you shouldn't go against him. Especially for something as silly as like what the UV fans are doing in terms of the monkey chance and you're going to confront him, and then it's it's uh, totally like so Vlaovic was the exact yeah. same situation. Yeah. The opposing team fans were chanting racist abuse at him, and then Vlaovic yeah. celebrated in front of them, and then the referee also booked him <laughs> the same way that he booked yeah. Lukaku for it. Yeah. Like, for thing being is, provocative in air quotes, which yeah. I, I still don't understand. The thing is, I think with like Serbian players, they they call them gypsies, so that's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So and that's very very insultive to like if you're from Serbia, from you're from that part of the world. And yes, but speaking on Vlaovic, or or I'm sorry, Taps, like, what's your final prediction with this Milan derby? Do you think Milan is going to win the third consecutive Milan derby in the Champions League? Um, I think this first one ends in a draw, personally, because Milan will also be missing Leao. I think he's out for. For the first leg, he might be good for the second leg, but it's still unknown a bit. Unless Pioli's playing mind games, because he was also seen training, but I don't think he was training with the ball, so it's yeah. still a bit touch and go there. But yeah, I think for the first leg, this may end in a draw. 
draw. And second leg, do you think Milan will go through? Because they went through in 2003, they went through in 2005. <laughs> like I said, when the draw was originally made, like way back when, when Milan still hadn't faced Napoli, my heart says Milan, but there's a part of me that says Inter's cup form is going to allow Inter to get to the final. Mm, interesting. So I think Inter narrowly edged. Yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be the first time beating Milan in Europe, so I think. So that will be quite... Yeah, scary. Inter's never beaten Milan in, in the Champions League. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great for Italian teams this year because we're going to move on to the Europa League. We already spoke about Sevilla, Juventus, and Vlaovic, you mentioned he's back on form. He scored a brilliant goal against Atalanta. It, it, might, be a, it might be a big issue for Sevilla, actually. Uh, but... The other Italian team in the Europa League is Roma, and they're playing against Bayer Leverkusen, Mourinho versus Xabi Alonso, if we're going to do these sort of personality clashes. Yeah, <laughs> that one's going to be very interesting. I'm curious to see how both teams approach it, especially with Mourinho now that Juve got their 15 points back. So Roma kind of have to take the Europa League seriously now. They can't really rely on making top four now. Yeah, and Leverkusen, they've been in great form. I think they they were, went on a 16 or something game on beating streak and they only lost to Cologne uh, this past weekend. But you, can, you, can, you can't blame them for that because they're obviously thinking about the Europa League. And it's nice to see clubs think about Europa League in that way. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see when teams prioritize it because I feel like all the, the competitions, regardless whether you look up or down on it, it you should always give your all. Yeah. Yeah. And, Oscar, any comments on the Europa League, like yeah. the semifinals of Milan Derby? Um, I think I agree with Tabs that the Milan Derby is going to be cagey. You know? I mean, it doesn't matter where the first leg is; they both have the same stadium. So I feel maybe I'm going to go with Milan to yeah. go through on both legs, and for the Europa League, I feel. Maybe the new do- the new guy in Jabalon so will teach the old dog some tricks. So, <laughs> so, so Leverkusen, they they finally yeah. get Plus, another chance in Europe. Yeah, I fear yeah. for Leverkusen though because I feel like they've got a fragility to them now. Yeah, that's yeah that's they, they do and them, yeah. if it's exposed, they'll you'll destroy them. But I don't think Mourinho will expose it mm. because Roma. Players this season, besides the on holiday when it comes to scoring goals. <laughs> yeah, Roma seem to also just wake up late, like when the pressure comes on. Yeah, yeah, because they, they almost got knocked out by Feyenoord. Yeah, they almost got knocked out by Feyenoord, and mm-hmm. they needed to the game to go into extra time. But it does feel that they need their home crowd. That's something that I, I sense as a theme. It's like the home crowd is going to play such an important part for Roma if they are to go through. Yeah, especially with the way Mourinho's been able to connect with with the Rome fans. He really gets that stadium up for it. And moving to the Conference League, we have um, Fiorentina, who are playing against Basel, another Italian team. Taps, do you think this is going to be it? Three Italian teams in three European finals? Yeah, for this one, I think Fiorentina should win. They've been amazing this season. They've been also very good in the cup competitions. And it's something that was actually a bit of a surprise because although last season they finished really strong, this season 
Vincenzo and Italiano started a little bit weak and people started to question them a little bit, but somehow Fiorentina has found themselves in this position. So I'm not too sure how to actually look at them because while they've been playing well, it's been sort of, you know, when, when a team is just winning and getting by, but it's not convincing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a, a bit of what I see from Fiorentina. Yeah. And is it going to be Fiorentina versus West Ham in the final? Can Azad make a shock, Oscar? Mm-hmm. Uh, West Ham's form has improved recently in the league, so they're not like bothered about relegation. I don't know how Azad are doing now, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I want to sit on the fence because I don't want to just <laughs> ignorantly say West Ham like some people <laughs> in a certain country do just because I don't know any Azad players. Yeah. <laughs> For this one, I'm actually gonna go with the with the prem merchants for this one. <laughs> I think West Ham. Yeah, let, let me look at where Azad are. Yeah, because West Ham, West Ham, they've been doing really well in this competition. If we're being honest, they've yeah, they've been steamroll. I feel like West Ham's only true competition for me was Villarreal. If they hadn't sacked Emery, Emery, <laughs> yeah. yeah, poor Villarreal. Okay. No, they didn't. They didn't. I can read them. I must have yeah, okay. stole them the way they yeah. stole. Oh, I mean, yeah. Alleman. Alleman. <laughs> oh, God, Alleman. That that almost made me cry. Like, this guy is the real hero of the emergency bus era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me see. Netherlands. Yeah, like, they, they played against Ajax recently in the fight to get third, and they tied, I believe. They were quite close, but I don't know. Dutch seems a surprise, but I, I do think West Ham is going to go to the final. I do think it's going to be a Fiorentina West Ham final. So, yeah, yeah. that's my same yeah. feeling. Yeah, and that'll, that'll be like, that'll actually be an interesting. Matthew time. Ryan is their goalkeeper. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah West Ham. Yeah, yeah, we're all in agreement. <laughs> we finally come. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. have I done? <laughs> yeah. No, okay. no, 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 but you have to call it as it is sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I think it's a big shame, like you said, that Villarreal didn't show up in this tournament because even with Setien, I do think they should have been at least in the semifinals in a tournament like, like this, but it is what it is. And uh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think they underperformed, and then I think Atleti is the other one where. Yeah. I feel like those are the two teams where I had them nailed down to do well in Europe. Yeah, like the Atleti one is, is even is, yeah. the Atleti one is even worse because it's they had Porto, they had Club Brugge, they had Bayer Leverkusen, and it's like annoys me. Yeah, and and the thing though is that I, one of the criticism with with Atleti fans generally is they always complain about budgets in relation to Barca Madrid, and this is it's a group where you have a bigger budget than like almost all the teams combined and you still can go through. So yeah. that was, I feel like that excuse only flies in the league. Whereas yeah. that, 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 in, in, in Europe, Atleti, yeah, yeah. In, in Europe, I feel like Atleti are better than a lot of the groups that they face, yeah. but they're just always so hot and cold. Like they either do really well. And yeah. like when they win the Europa league or go to Champions League finals, or they just underperform. But yeah. Yeah. And with that, we're going to close this podcast. Thank you, listeners, for enjoying our La Liga roundup. Sorry, we have been away for for a while and we haven't uh, covered it as intensely <laughs> as we usually do. But... How was your trip in Spain, by the way? 
Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the match days in Spain are crazy. It's like if you go to Real Betis Stadium, right? Yeah. They feed you. (laughs) They give you chips. They give you sunflower seeds. The atmosphere is impressive. Although the game was kind of dull (laughs) because it was a zero-zero, and I'm like, this is this is my experience like for La Liga this season. But I, I generally found them in terms of their fans. They were really, really nice. They joked a lot. They were, like, very funny. While Sevilla fans are more serious about the game, they're more, like, annoyed with the referee, a lot of insults. And <laughs> But the thing, though, is, like, I feel because Sevilla have a much more intimate stadium, it feels louder than Real Betis' stadium because it's much bigger than Sevilla Stadium. So the atmosphere in Sevilla is very impressive because the ultras are very loud and the stadium is smaller. And people don't realize how small it is compared to Real Betis' stadium. It's actually quite a huge Betis' stadium. But yeah, Valencia, I would have actually thought it was bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's like Sevilla Stadium is somewhat smaller than Betis' stadium because I've, I think Betis' stadium is actually slightly the same size as the Bernabeu, although they don't have as many fans in terms of how high it is. But when I went to Valencia Stadium, the pregame atmosphere was incredible. I think maybe it's because it was a derby, but the pregame, the fans were singing, they were like chanting. And even during the, during the game, the ultras in Valencia, they're not as loud because they've been slightly sanitized over the years mm-hmm. because the Valencia normal Valencia ultras are like very very neo-nazi so they've been sanitized over the years so they're not as loud as Sevilla or Betis but the fans of Valencia they're they're louder than Sevilla or Betis if you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. in terms of the the fans actually getting into the chants and like going for the game and Paul um I forget, Kio Manzano. Because <laughs> when he gave um, uh, decisions against Valencia, you could hear the Kio Manzano HDP chant. <laughs> and it was so loud. <laughs> the entire stadium, yeah. <laughs> the entire stadium. And, and I think that, that was like the best part of, of that. It's just like feeling the fan culture. And it's, it's very nice. And I do recommend people to go for it. And I know with, um, with, Valencia, there, there are there have been some issues with um, uh, racism in the past, but I feel those um, those fans are long gone who used to be there, and I do think it's a very good experience for me, and it was it was a really nice experience to be so close and and to feel and to feel part of it, to be part of the Valencia team before they get relegated. So because <laughs> next season they might be in the smart bank. So. <laughs> So yeah, that, that that really was nice. Yeah, no, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, because uh, you were sharing a lot of pictures. It looks like a really fun atmosphere, and I'm, oh. I'm mad jealous because I'm yet to actually experience uh, a La Liga match live. All the times mm-hmm. I've gone to Europe, it's been off off season. So yeah, I'll, hopefully I'll, these are good reviews. I'll say if you really want to enjoy yourself, go to Raya Vallecano. They they have they're they're great. They're great. But if if you want to like just 
be like like laugh 24 7 while you're in the stadium that's his fans are right? <laughs> incredible because <laughs> it's so disorganized the way you expect spain to be because you get there and you're like oh your seat's taken but they're like don't worry don't worry this guy is a season ticket holder but he never comes and the betsy fan held me and was like yeah this is my cousin this is my cousin he has been here for all this time <laughs> you're just like what sort of chaos is this <laughs> and it's like here here's here's some flower seeds this is how you eat them but you can throw them on the ground and no one does anything for you <laughs> and the other guy comes to me and is like you know what i'm your translator for the rest <laughs> oh, that, that sounds really good yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Like, their fans are crazy. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. And with that, I'm, I might end the pod. Unless anyone has any other things to say. I have some things to say that won't be called appropriate. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that after. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, thanks, listeners. Adios. <laughs> Adios.